0: It gives us um, more time to um, connect in relationships with the students than it does VBS. VBS, we're kind of moving constantly, and this allowed us more time. Um, At Summer Jam, it helped me really connect with the kids, and I got to know a lot more about them than I could on a regular Sunday morning. Um, I realized that not all kids are the same. that my struggles could help me connect with the kids. And the kids are good at hiding their problems. Not every kid's problem has the same solution. Something I realized at Summer Jam was that I have a lot of sin in my life, but God is there to take it all the way. Summer Jam made me realize that kids go through the same struggles that we do. Uh, Summer, Summer Jam, Jam challenged me to really connect with kids and like get to know. Uh, Summer Jam really challenged me to be a leader for the kids. I was challenged to speak out more when answering questions, and it helped me um, use my voice more and to get out of my comfort zone. So first, I'm going to tell you two of the verses that I learned. My command is love others as I as I have loved you. Verse. John fifteen twelve. Second verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die for us. And whoever believes in him will not perish and have eternal life. Well, that is John 3 16. I like summer because um, um it isn't as chaotic as Phoebus. I have enjoyed doing this doing worship and um, doing the songs and dances with everybody and silent time when we, um, when we get to just be by ourselves for a little while and also the food, which is really, really good. <laughs> um, spending time with my family and friends, playing with them and just having fun with them. Um, I've grown by learning a lot more about kids here. I've gotten to learn more about God, and I've gotten to learn more about the kids' personalities and more about them. I've realized that it's good to be nice to each other because there have been a few arguments, and if you're nice to each other, you can not make this happen. I learned a new Bible verse. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you, John 15, 12 that God loves you as much as he would love anyone else. Confidence is seeing yourself that the way God does. That whenever you think you're, when you feel like you're not really good, you know at least other people like you and God do too. Um, The verse is love each other as I have loved you. John 15, 12. What I learned at Summer Jam is that God loved us no matter what. So before I get to the picture, um, the, so a couple weeks ago I said that Summer Jam is this weird combination of like camp and VBS and one of the things uh, that Molly said, she's like, I like it because it's, it's not as chaotic as VBS, right? <laughs> like those of you who've been to VBS that we've done in the past, it's chaotic, it's crazy, it's awesome, it's high energy, but sometimes you just want to chill out. You know, you just want to sort of like soak that in. And um, it also just does my student minister heart well. Uh, I, many of you know that I, I used to do student ministry. And so it was just awesome to see our our students serving our kids. Like they were in small groups together and they were leading a lot of those interactions and those games and all of that sort of stuff. So it was just an awesome experience all around. Uh, The picture on the screen is our missions team who is in Montana. They landed safely. We do know that. Uh, I think at like midnight last night. And then they had like another drive. And they had like a 10-ish hour, maybe 12-ish hour layover in Dallas. And (laughs) it's all... That was planned, by the way. That wasn't an accident. Uh, But, yeah, they are there. And we just want to pray for them. So if you would join me in praying for their trip, safety, and all of that. So let's pray. Father... We thank you for the. Um, we thank you for these people who have put their lives, and, and their faith into action, that they've given up this time to go to Pinehaven Christian Children's Ranch, and serve both the staff and the students and the kids who are there. Uh, God, we would just ask, first of all, for safety. Would you keep our team safe as they are there? Would you keep them uh, full of energy uh, to be able to do and serve in whatever ways that you will call them to through this week? And um, God, we just pray blessings over all of that, and then we ask that you will give them safe travels as they come back home. And uh, we just pray all of these things in Jesus' powerful name, amen. So good morning. Good morning at home on the stream. Good to see all of you and you as well. Uh, Today we are continuing our series that that Chris started last week uh, that's going to be People Revolution. And the idea behind this series is that there are things that we want to challenge you to do to help grow you, help transform you, create a revolution of sorts within your own life. And last week Chris talked about generosity and he talked about the the revolutionary generosity and giving uh, that we're called to as disciples of Jesus. And um, that's what this series is going to do. Every week we're going to have just a different uh, set of challenges so that I just kind of want you to know that as you come in, that the, the, that this isn't a series um, that you're not going to be asked to do something. And so uh, with that, we think as, we, as we, we were putting this together, we think this is some steps set as disciples of Jesus that we need to be engaged in. For some of us, you've been doing this forever and awesome. For some of us, we need to take some baby steps or some bigger steps. Uh, and whatever that looks like. And so we're going to be talking, Chris, to generosity. You can listen to that um, on the website from last week. Uh, I'm going to talk about spiritual growth today. We're going to talk about community tomorrow, or, or excuse me, next Sunday. And then in two Sundays, we're going to talk about serving. And again, we know that some people are doing some of these things, some people just need another oomph. Some of us just need to start. Because as a church, our mission, our vision is to make disciples who make disciples. And when I say disciple, I want want us to understand what that is. So a disciple, and this is how we define this, is someone who follows Jesus, who's transformed by Jesus, and is on mission for Jesus. Someone who follows Jesus, who's transformed by Jesus, and who's on mission for Jesus. And we believe that these things that we're talking about, these commitments we're asking you to make, will be transformational, will be revolutionary in your life, and that's why we are calling you to that. And so this week we're going to look at spiritual growth. Um, If you grew up in the church, there's going to be a lot of, of course, Drew, there's going to be a lot of those moments that you're going to say today. Hopefully in your head, but maybe you'll say it out loud. But there's going to be a lot of moments in this message where you know the answer to the question. But we want to remind you. We want to bring it back up. Because I have a sense, I'm just guessing, so if I'm wrong, then I'm okay to be wrong, that a lot of you are like me. Or like I was. I grew up in the church, got baptized when I was 12. When the doors were open, we tended to be there. you know back in the 1900s, when you would have Wednesday night service or the Sunday night service, we would be there and i went to I went to church I did youth group uh, my youth group growing up was my brother, my girlfriend and her brother, so that got awkward when we broke up um, <laughs> But I was there. Like, even when I came back from college, I taught a second grade class. And some of you know that me and kids I mean, I did student ministry, but the younger ones are not my forte. I'm much like I do grandparenting with that. I like to hop them up on sugar and send them back to their parents because that's easier for me. But I grew up in the church and I knew these things. And I even went to college. I went to a Christian college. At the time, it was called Milligan College, and it's now a university. Um, and I started off my freshman year, and the the advisor said, what do you want to be? And I went, I don't know. Like, who knows at 18 what they want to be? Like, that felt like a really big (laughs) decision for me to make for the rest of my life and invest money in it. So I went undecided, undeclared the whole first year, and then I got to the end, and the same advisor goes, hey, listen, it would be super helpful if you actually pick something. Because otherwise, you're just going to keep taking classes. And so I went, okay, I'll teach history. Like high schoolish kids, I like history, I think I like teaching, seems like that would be a good fit. And that summer, God got a hold of me, and God and I spent a lot of time together that summer. And when I came back, all of a sudden I thought, you know, like if I want to teach history, you know... Like teaching, and I like students, like could I do that in the church? Well, yeah, and this, so I declared as a youth ministry major, and the, the rest, is, as they say is history, and I went to lots of classes about the Bible. I mean, I had semester long classes on first and second Corinthians, just on those two books, and I learned lots, but there was always something. I felt like something was missing. There was a staleness to my spiritual life that I just had this, this uneasiness about that it, it probably wasn't the way it's supposed to be. Because I could, I could tell you memory verses, I could tell you all 66 books of the Bible, I could tell you all of these things, but there was something missing in me. Almost a staleness. And some of this is more hindsight than in the moment. Because if you had asked me then, I would have told you, well, I wouldn't have said it out loud. But I would have subconsciously, I had it all figured out. Like I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, I work at a church eventually. Like I'm doing it, right? Like that's how you do this. But that there was always just the sneaking, lingering feeling that there was more. And this isn't that I had some major sin problem. This isn't um, that, like, I left the church or lost my faith. None of these things. Like, it's just that I felt in this weird, complacent, stale spot. And I don't know, but I'm going to assume that there's some of us in this room who have done that. And listen, this, has been hap- this ha- was going on for me for 38, 39 years. I'm 41 now. Because, see, COVID hit. And COVID, there will be documentaries and books and all of that stuff to look back on what COVID did. But COVID, for me, changed my spiritual life. It changed my spiritual life. Because I had this opportunity to stop and go, hey, just because you, like, you, you work at the church doesn't mean you get the pass. Just because you work at the church doesn't mean you don't need to grow spiritually. And so when COVID hit, and we were all quarantined, I had this idea. not sure that it was great, but it was an idea. Like, how does a guy who works at a church try to serve people when we all can't be together? And so I just started reading the Bible on Facebook at 8 (laughs) a.m. on our Facebook page. Some of you have chimed in and gone, this isn't for me, and gone away, (laughs) which is fine. This isn't a plug for that. I'm just telling you, this is the steps that have happened here. And so every day, excuse me, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, at 8 a.m. for over a year now, other than on my vacation days, this is what I've been doing. And my world, my spiritual life has exploded. The growth that I have experienced in this time Some of you know about it because I won't shut up about it. Some of you, we've had these conversations, and you hear me say these things, and I know that you don't roll your eyes in front of me, but you know you want to because I used to roll my eyes at the person who looked like me, who talked like me. Like, you're crazy. And so today, we want to just talk about spiritual growth. I want to tell you some things that I've learned along the way. Um, Actually, some things I've remembered along the way is a better way to put that. And what's interesting is that like I can think about all of these pieces. And I don't have time for it today. But all of these little steps that I just took this step here. And that, th- that step there. And it led me to this spot. And it reminds me of Romans 8.28 that says. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. COVID was not a great thing. By any stretch of the imagination. But for me. It was because my spiritual life changed and I grew. And so today, that's what we want to just talk about that. Um, But I need to give you some warnings ahead of time. And these are going to be, of course, statements, but I feel like I still just need to say them out loud, okay? So the first warning is this. To find growth, you must put these things into practice. Of course, course, right? (laughs) Like, yes, Drew, we get it. We have to do the things. That's the problem for me. Was the problem for me. I I got that too. But I didn't do it. If the things that happen in here today, the things that you hear stay here and never come out of your life, never be are never turned into action, then you're not going to grow. Just plain and simple. You're not going to grow. The other warning I want to give you is that Everything that I'm sharing today are, is not the only ways to grow spiritually. We have an amazing, creative, awesome God who has wired all of us in amazing, creative, awesome ways. These are just sort of the basis. Start here and work up. That's what we need to do. Okay, so what are they? Be ready to be blown away. You ready? Here we go. Everybody's on the edge of their seat, I can tell. Spiritual growth is the most fun thing to talk about. Here it is, ready? Read your Bible. Just read it. You know, I was pre- knowing, knowing I was preaching today, Jared Lacey, some of you know him, he shared something on Facebook, uh, and it was this video. And the video's title was, The Five Definitive Tips on How to Read Your Bible. And I went, perfect, sermon illustration, nailed, got it. I'm going to click this video, I'm going to steal their stuff, I'll give them credit, but we're going to watch it. Click it. Takes me to YouTube. This is when I should have known I was in trouble. The Babylon Bee shows up. If you're familiar with the Babylon Bee, it's Christian satire. I went, oh boy, I don't think I can use this in a sermon. Start watching it gentleman comes out into this really nice church and I'm going to paraphrase this whole thing you can search it later and watch it but he comes out into this you know there's stained glass and archways and he comes out and he's got his bible and he says tip number one open the bible take your eyes read the bible I went here's the sarcasm okay got it okay cool you gotta start there right Two, he walks into a different arena or area, he pulls out his phone, and goes, open your phone, touch the Bible app, hold it in front of your face, and read it. Number three, go for a walk, sit down, open up that book called the Bible, and read it, and so on and so forth. All five of the definitive tips were simply, read the Bible. And I just laughed (laughs) because I went, I clicked, this is so clickbaity. Like, (laughs) I clicked on this link going, oh, maybe there'll be something I haven't heard before. Again, I told you about this sermon. This isn't something you haven't heard before. But we have to do it because if we don't do it, then we're not doing it. And the growth isn't going to come. But what is it about the Bible? Why should we read it? Why should we sort of dive into it? If you would, turn with me to 2 Timothy um, chapter 3 is where we're going to be. If you don't have a Bible or an app on your phone or whatever you have with you, there's a Bible in front of you. It's on page 1179. And I want to just see, I want to remind us, I think, because I don't think I'm telling you a whole lot you don't already know. But I want uh, to remind us some things about Scripture and its importance. And this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, his young protege, to teach him the things that he needs that will be useful for him leading a church. So we're going to read a chunk here. Only really towards the end is the important uh, piece to our thinking about the Bible. But there's some other things in there too. So verse 10. Because I like to give context, I don't want to just grab the one verse. So verse 10 it says, You, however, you being Timothy, however, know all my, Paul being the my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I have endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, I forgot that verse was in there. Um, while evil men, imposters, will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we read the Bible. We get to know this, and I want us to just not, let's. I want to just pause here because these are some of the things that I didn't used to do, and now I'm trying to be different about it. Let's just pause and soak in that the God of the universe breathed a document into creation via some people thousands of years ago so that we can be in communication with him. Let's just soak that in. For me, for years, and even even for a season in school, this became a textbook. It was not a communication from a creator who loved me. But let's just soak that in for a second. We have a God who loves us that much that he would give this to us. So we can know what to do, how to live, what to say when we're, we get encouragement, when, when things go wrong, we get answers to how things may go right. We get to know what the future is like. We get to know how to forgive the past. We get to know all of these things if we'll simply put them into practice. We'll put our faith into practice. But all Scripture is God-breathed. What else does Paul say here? He says it's useful for teaching. If you grew up in the church, if you've been around the church long enough, you get this one. You've been in sermons, you've been in classes, you have read a devotion, you maybe are in a small group, you went to a conference, any of those sorts of things, you understand that we that there's teaching to be had in these words. But there's also some the ability for rebuke. Now, what is rebuke? It sounds harsh. It sounds, uh, I don't want to don't have to rebuke anybody. Well, rebuking is expressing sharp disapproval or criticism with the intent of helping her fix a behavior. So my wife Emily, if, she, if I'm lying and she looks at me and says, Drew, you're not supposed to lie. The Bible says so. She's rebuking me and trying to correct that behavior. And now it says correcting is the next one. Well, this is more along the lines of theology, making sure the way we think is we're right thinking as we're connected to God and to Jesus. And then there's training in righteousness. What is the word? How, do, how does that work? Well, that's the thing that helps us decide the next step that we're going to take. It helps us learn how to put our faith into action. When I want to uh, fight my neighbor and not love him, what does Scripture say about that? It says, no, you don't fight your neighbor, you love your neighbor. When I want to wring my kid's neck, what does it say about that? Don't wring your kid's neck, right? When I want it all for me, and I want to be selfish, and I want to be in control, what does it say about that? Don't do that either. It's not all don'ts. We know that. There's affirmations. There's things that we're supposed to do. But it helps us know what the steps are that we're to take if we follow. But if we don't read it, how are we going to know? How will we know? Because I promise you this, you've heard, I've heard sermons. And I just go, okay, good, I heard that. But I will tell you that I am a different person for the last year and a half because I've actually been doing this all of the time. I've not been letting someone else tell me. I've not been going, hmm, that sounds like a decent idea. No, I'm I'm reading through Scripture going, what did Jesus do in this moment? That feels so unlike what my flesh wants me to do. Why is that? Because I'm sinful and I'm prideful and I want to be in control, but Jesus is showing me a different way. But the only way I see that different way... And it have power in my life is by reading, by soaking that in, letting it influence me, letting it become who I am. And lastly on this, it, it helps us learn the character and nature of God and Jesus. We get to, just, we get to understand who, who they are. Like, I don't know if you've ever read in the Old Testament, the Israelites just keep messing up and messing up and messing up And I find myself going, God, why do you even deal with these people? These guys are a bunch of knuckleheads who never listen to you. They just don't. And then God just laughs and goes, so what are you? (laughs) I'm a knucklehead who doesn't listen. Or I get to see Jesus look at the disciples and go, why don't you get it? And I'm like, yeah, why don't they get it? And he looks at me and laughs and goes, why don't you get it? We get to know the nature of our Father and of our Savior. We get to see that come alive. We get to internalize that, hopefully, so that we can be more like Jesus, so that we can be disciples of Jesus. Number two, I'm ready for your shock faces. Pray. Told you, a whole lot of a course statements going through your brain, and I'm okay with that but pray. We read our Bibles and we pray. There's a reason, and this is like uh, shame on me, there's a reason for all of these years and generations people keep saying to do the same thing. It's because it works. The moments when I don't follow it, that's not these basic principles faults. It's mine because I'm not doing it. And so we pray. Why would we pray? Well, we want to get to know our Creator, and let's stop again and just let's soak it in for a second that the Creator of the universe is interested from hearing, uh, interested in hearing from you. Soak that in. Like I've got that's become so commonplace in my life that I have to again just hit the pause button and go, God, thank you for actually wanting to hear from me. But we have to talk to him. We have to engage with him so that we can be in conversation with him. It has to be a regular part. It's got to be regular discipline in our lives. As we talk with God, we get to know him better. This is, again, we get to get the, um, the nature of who he is, his character. Like, raise your hand if God has answered a prayer for you. Now, raise your hand if he didn't. Yeah, God's complicated like that, right? He's not Santa Claus who just says yes, yes, yes. Right? We get to learn that some things that I ask for aren't good for me. Any anybody ever asked for something that was you thought was good for you and then you, God was like, "No, nah, you ain't having that one." Right? Sounds like a Garth Brooks song. Unanswered prayers if you're wondering which one. But when I think about Like all of the prayers that I just sent up as like hopeful balloons. Like maybe God will grab that one and give me what I want. I'm realizing how often God told me, no, for me to learn that my selfishness gets in the way of my prayer life at times. The things that I think I want, I don't need. And then he's faithful. I get to watch him when he answers the prayers, right? So I get to learn more and more about him. And prayer also puts us in this posture of submission. Submission is a dirty word, I know. We don't want to have to submit. We are an independent people who were founded on independence, and I get all of that, but we submit to the creator of the universe. We submit to him. And when we pray, when I pray, I have to take this posture where I look up and say, "God, I can't do this on my own. You know me well enough that I think I can, and I'm going to try, and then you're going to laugh because I keep trying to do that thing because my flesh keeps telling me, "We've made it this far. We've made it 41 years. We could keep going. Come on, Drew, you can just figure it out yourself." And uh, you know, God, just, just how's that working out for you? Right? So we have these conversations with God so that we can find ourselves in a submissive posture because it's not all about us. Number three, because I'm going to run out of time. Again, of course, moment. Have a quiet time. Have a quiet time. What does that mean? You can take the reading, you can take the prayer, you can smash them together, and you can have a quiet time. But not just simply... God bless my day. Amen. Oh, there's my one verse on Instagram. I read it and I'm done. Now take some time, cut out this, this 15, 20, 30 minutes. Some of us will be spiritual giants and go longer and that's great. There's no time limit to this, but some time where you can stop and you can focus in on what you're reading and what you're praying about and you can hear from God. I've not been great about this in my life because I always had a good excuse and maybe you can resonate with that. Like, I always got to get to work, or I always got to go pick up this, or I, got my, I didn't have time for breakfast, or I didn't have time for coffee, and so I got to go do that instead. And it doesn't always have to be in the morning. You can do it whenever you want. But that we would sit down, we would take time to be with our Father, be in his word, see what it is in our own lives that need to be exposed and how we can change. Not to mention Jesus gave us this example. In Mark one thirty-five, it says this. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary pr- place where he prayed. If the man who was half God and half man took time to go be alone with the Father, and I'm not sure how that works, and we can ask when we get to heaven. I don't know how you, if you're half, I don't know. But if he took that time, if he set that time aside in the midst of all of the people who needed healed, all of the disciples who didn't know what they were doing, all the people who needed fed and brought back from the dead, if all of those things, if he took his time to be with the Father, shouldn't I? Let's find a way to get rid of the excuses and spend time with God. In quiet time. Last, some of us may, when we think about reading the Bible and we're doing some of these things, maybe we feel like we're, we don't know enough or we, we need help. And so what I would encourage you to do is attend one of our growth classes. Attend one of our growth classes. We, we've done, we do classes on so many different things. Right now there's one happening right through that wall where they're walking through Galatians. Maybe you go, hey, I don't know anything about Galatians. That would be a great place to start, and you can do it in community. We did a How to Grow Spiritually class that a bunch of people attended. We did um, a parenting class that people attended. We are, during the 9 a.m. service, we have a Everybody Always uh, class by Bob Goff that's just teaching us how to love those around us. We're going to do a Discipleship one class in August. If you hear the word discipleship and you're like, I don't know what that means, I would love for you to join us there. But sometimes we just need a hand. We just need a little bit of help to take a next step. And I would encourage you to do so. You know, I, uh, Emily and I started gardening. Actually, Emily started gardening. I just watch and eat. Um, and it hit me this week that spiritual growth is a lot like that. Last year we planted a blackberry bush with the intention of having blackberries this year. Um, I got to eat two off the, the bush before I came here this morning and they were delicious. I want bowls of blackberries, but we'll get there because it doesn't happen overnight, apparently. I want it to just happen overnight. Like, I want a bowl of blackberries, sugar, and I just want to be stained with blackberry on my fingers and all that. It doesn't happen like that. And all of us, I think, in this room, understand that spiritual growth doesn't happen like that either, right? I came home one day, and Emily was out in the backyard, and we got these raised garden beds, not just a blackberry bush. We got a raspberry bush that's not doing as great, but we'll, it's here, neither here nor there. Come home, got this, these garden beds, and Emily's like, there is food back here. And I was like, well, it's more like snacks, but yes, yes, we're growing things. Like, this is not going to be a buffet But, like, I ate a snap pea off the vine, right? Like, we have green beans, and I see green peppers growing. Like, but you know what? We had to take some time. I had to build those garden beds. We had to dump dirt in those garden beds. We then put manure and fertilizer on (laughs) those garden beds. And then we planted seeds. And then we had to water them. And then we have to prune these things. Like, why can't they just grow themselves? Because they don't. But they do. And our spiritual lives are just like that. For years and for decades, uh, ashamedly, for decades, I just thought, I'll work at a church and I'll just grow. It doesn't work that way. I had to take some initiative. I had to do something with this. And that's the challenge that we have for you guys, is to do something with this. The band wants to come up, right now. You uh, seats near you, or the one you sat in, and maybe you moved it. Hopefully, nobody stole yours. Um, there's some cards and there's some sheets of paper. Um, here's what each week we're gonna we're gonna challenge you to do something, and so, um, thank you, sir. On that card that looks like this, there's three challenge or four challenges. The first one is committing to reading the Bible for the next 30 days. I know that feels, if you aren't reading regularly right now, I know that feels monumental. But that's the one box, actually, that's one of the two boxes I'm checking on this, for myself personally. And on the sheet of paper, there is a breakdown of the Gospel of Luke that will take you 30 days to go through. And if you want some more conversation or some more thoughts about it, this is also what I'm doing on the Facebook Live at 8 a.m. Monday through Thursday. If any of you watch any of those, you know how slow I go. So even if I'm ahead of you, you will catch up in no time because I take forever reading. It's not that I'm a slow reader. I know how that just came out. That's not what I mean. <laughs> we think through I think through it, I talk about like I read it the way I would if I whatever's in my head just comes out of my mouth. But if you want some to walk alongside, that's fine. If you want to pick something else that's different, do it. But I will tell you this. If you read if you take the time, you sit down, you process, you read the Bible for 30 days, your your transformation will begin or continue. It just will it just will. On the back side of this sheet of paper is another list of 30, because the second one is to commit to praying for 30 days. For some of us, this is going to be a struggle. For others of us, we're like, yes, I get to check check a box that I already do. That's okay. But if you need some prompts, the back side of this paper has 30 different things you can pray for. I swiped it from some other church, and then I altered it to ours, just just for being honest. But it will help you if you go, you know what, I don't know how to do this prayer thing. This would be a good first step. We just talk to God and here's some ideas on how to do that. Next one is commit to going to a growth class. This isn't an indefinite commitment. Our classes come to a stop and they're great points to get off that, that ride if, that's, if you don't like that one or whatever the case may be. But I would ask you, commit to going to a growth class to grow spiritually. And last but not least, maybe you just want to be contacted the next time we do the How to Grow Spiritually class. We had about eight or nine people in that class when we offered it a month or two ago. would love to do that again because we have people who want to know again, want to do that again. So you can just check that box. And when, um, once we've done this, we're going to give you a minute or two band's going to play just a little bit before we fi- finish and sing. You can hand this to me. There's offering boxes on each side that you can kind of drop these in, and if you have one from last week and you didn't do that, we would love to just know if you made a decision when it came to giving. So uh, with that said, can I pray for us in these commitments and these uh, challenges and that um, God would just do something amazing in us? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you still love a knucklehead like me. God, help us have the persistence. Help us to have the strength. Help us to have the desire to make these commitments, whatever they may be. God, will you show yourself faithful in how we will grow the more we engage with you? That when we read your word, it will come alive and it will read us as we read it and it will create a transformation in us. When we talk to you, may we just fall more in love with you every single day. God, help us to put aside our excuses. Help us to push Satan aside as he tries to attack us in this moment as we're trying to think, how can I be a disciple of your son and of you? Help us to take these next steps, Father. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his example. We thank you for his obedience. We thank you for his love. We thank you for his sacrifice. And we thank you that you brought him back to life. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus, and we just pray all of these things in his powerful name.